So I'm just going to chat for a moment or two until we hear conference started. But very much welcome to you today. Very glad you're here. It is Tuesday, the 12th of May. I cannot believe that we are already at the 12th of May. Where have the last two months gone? And we've been home. It's kind of interesting. So here we are waiting for the little recording to start because I want everything it's on. It started. Oh, it has? Great. Okay. Good morning, Granny D, Dorcas Smith, Plymouth, Michigan. I am so glad that you are here. This is our new skin weight management call. And thanks to this call, I am trim and slim and my brain is working great. And that's what it's all about. Exercise improves cognition. Every brain is wired differently. So if your kids think differently from you, it's okay. And if your husband or your wife thinks differently from you, it's okay. Every brain is wired differently. We are designed to never stop learning and exploring. Memories are volatile and susceptible to corruption. Sleep is powerfully linked to the ability to learn. Vision trumps all other senses. Stress changes the way we learn. So guess what I'm talking about today? The brain. It's all about the brain. It really is. And what's the most important part about keeping the brain healthy? Well, apart from feeding it and letting it sleep, is exercise, exercise, exercise. Did you know that there are five different parts of the brain responsible for counting? That's how many and volume, how much. People with a, a, an issue called Fregoli delusion believe that strangers are just friends in disguise. Some sensory mem memories just last a fraction of a section, a, a fraction of a second. And about one in four people is a super taster. That means they are much more sensitive than others to unpleasant tastes. Encephalographs have shown that the brain initiates action before the conscious mind is aware of it. So that if a problem or there's an emergency and you see it happening, your brain is already responding before you know you're responding. Your brain and your mind. I'm going to be flipping back and forth for the next couple of weeks from a National Geographic magazine that I've had for a while, Your Brain, The Hundred Things You Never Knew, and John Medina's Brain Rules. 12 Principles for Surviving and Thriving at Work, Home, and School. But I'm going to start with National Geographic first. The brain should need no introduction. After all, the brain is what makes you, you. But it's a paradox that the organ that lets you understand the world understands so little about itself. Now, thanks to stunning research building upon decades, no, centuries of investigation, 
science is peeling away the layers of mystery to reveal how these pounds of flesh create an entire universe inside your head. In this corrugated mass, a staggeringly complex symphony of electrochemical reactions plays out every second of every day. Excuse me. Much of it does so without a conscious conductor. The brain makes the lungs expand with an inrush of air and the heart pump blood. It houses memories, processes sounds and sights, smells, tastes, and feelings ranging from the subtle to the sublime. To the sublime. Beyond the work the brain does automatically comes something far different. Out of the human brain arises consciousness and the mind. The unique ability of homo sapiens, which means wise men, to be aware of being aware. Metacognition, thinking about thinking. Now I'm going to switch over to brain rules and start with John Medina. And I'm going to flip back and forth over the weeks. If the cameras weren't rolling and the media abuzz if the cameras weren't rolling and the media above with abuzz with live reports, it is possible nobody would have ever believed the following story. A man had been handcuffed, shackled and thrown into California's Long Beach Harbor, where he was fastened where he quickly fastened where he was quickly fastened to a floating cable. The cable had been attached to the other end of 70 boats, bobbing up and down in the harbor, each carrying a single person. Battling strong winds and currents, the man then swam, towing all 70 boats and passengers behind him, traveling 1.5 miles to Queensway Bridge. The man, Jack LaLanne, was celebrating his birthday. He had just turned 70 years old. Jack LaLanne was born in 1914 and has been called the godfather of of the American fitness movement. He starred in one of the longest-running exercise programs produced for commercial television. A prolific inventor, LaLanne designed the first leg extension machines, the first cable-fastened pulleys, the first weight selectors, and now all standard issue now and now are all standard issue in the modern gym. He's even been credited with inventing an exercise that supposedly bears his name. Guess what it is? The jumping jack. Lalane is actually now de- dead. He died in 2011 at 97 years of age. But when this book was written in 2008, he was still growing strong. Lelaine, hold on. So it says Lelaine is now in his mid-90s, and even these feats are probably not the most interesting aspect of this famed bodybuilder's story. Well, he did actually die in 2011 at 97. But I know that he, he did it with gusto all the way. If you've ever had a chance to hear Lelaine in an interview, your biggest impression will not be the strength of his muscles, but the strength of his mind. Lelaine is mentally alert, almost beyond reason. 
his sense of humor is both lightning fast and improvisatory. I tell people, I can't afford to die. It will wreck my image. He once exclaimed to Larry King. He regularly rails at the camera. Why am I so strong? Do you know how many calories are in butter and cheese and ice cream? Would you get your dog up in the morning for a cup of coffee and a donut? He claims he hasn't had dessert since 1929. He's hyper-energized, opinionated, possessed with the intellectual vigor of an athlete in his 20s. So it's hard not to ask, is there a relationship between exercise and mental alertness? The answer is absolutely yes. Survival of the fittest. Through a great deal of our evolutionary history remains shrouded in controversy, the one fact that every paleontologist on the planet accepts and can can be summarized in two words. Humans, we moved. A lot. We moved. We sure did. When our bountiful rainforests began to shrink, collapsing the local food supply, we were forced to wander around an an increasingly dry landscape, looking for more trees we could scamper up to dine. As the climate got arid and these wet botanical vending machines disappeared altogether, instead of moving up and down a complex arboreal, up and down, complex arboreal, meaning tree environments in three dimensions, which required a lot of dexterity, we began walking back and forth across arid savannas in two dimensions, which required a lot of stamina. About 20 to, 10 to 20 kilometers a day with men, says famed anthropologist with Richard Wrangham, and about half of that for women. That's the amount of ground scientists estimate we covered on a daily basis back then. Up to about 12 miles a day, everybody. Crossing the Serengeti. That means our fancy brains developed not while we were lounging around, but while we were working out. The first real marathon runner of our species was a vicious predator known as Homo erectus. As soon as the Homo erectus family evolved about two million years ago, he started moving out of town. Our direct ancestors, Homo sapiens, rapidly did the same thing, starting in Africa 100,000 years ago and reaching Argentina by 12,000 years ago. Some researchers suggest that we were extending our ranges by an unheard of 25 miles per year. This is a pretty impressive feat, considering the nature of our world, of the world our ancestors inhabited. They were crossing rivers and deserts, jungles and mountain ranges, all without the aid of maps, and mostly without tools. They eventually made ocean-going boats without the benefit of wheels or metallurgy, and then traveling up and down the Pacific with only the crudest navigational skills. Our ancestors constantly were encountering new food sources, new predators, new physical dangers, and along the road they routinely suffered injuries, experienced strange illnesses, and delivered and nurtured children, all without the benefit of textbooks of modern medicine. 
Given the relative wimpiness of the in the animal kingdom, we don't have enough body hair to survive even a mildly chilly night. So, what does this data tell us? This data tells us that what this data tells us is that we either grew up in top physical shape or we didn't grow up at all. Hold on a second. Mm. Just need to whip my mouth. <clears throat> and they also tell us that the human brain became the most powerful in the world under conditions where motion was a constant presence. If our unique cognitive skills were forged <clears throat> coughing day if our unique cognitive skills were forged in the furnace of physical activity it is possible that physical activity still influences our cognitive skills is it i think it is our cognitive activity are the cognitive act abilities of someone in good physical condition different from those of someone in poor physical condition. And what if someone in poor physical condition were whipped into shape? Those are scientifically testable questions. The answers are directly related to why Jack LaLanne can still crack jokes about eating dessert. Hold on a second. Oh, my allergies are off this morning. Anyway, so what is it all about? It's all about keeping the brain healthy. We move to get a brain that works. It's all about moving. So if you want to be well and you want to be healthy and you want to live a long life, you have to move. And according to all the information that I am getting, because I'm going to stop reading right there for now, is that you need to move 12 miles a day. Now, do I move 12 miles a day? Heck no. But I'm glad when I get four miles in every day. That is an important amount of time to get, I think. And I'm now, based on what I'm reading again, realizing that we need to walk more than four. I, mean, I need to walk more than four four miles a day. I need to try and go for twelve. Oh my gosh! Hold on a sec. All right, so I'm going to end for the day. It is time to be done. Thank you for listening. Move, drink water, eat well, laugh, sleep. Move, move, move. Don't sit on the sofa. All right, let's take it off. <coughs> oh, I am having a cough this morning. Yes, I'm finding that that's true when we do a lot of talking that throats tend to dry out too, and that doesn't help allergies either. <laughs> Oh no, and I it's definitely allergy time. I can tell. Spring is here. 
<laughs> that that's why we drink plenty of water. Absolutely. And then I we get move. it. I get it. <laughs> yes, yes. So Jack Lalane actually lived until he was ninety seven. And I suspect that his brain was going full tilt until he died. So as with Newskin, I remember one of the first things that I learned when I when I found the company is do you want to live down here? Or do you want to live up here until it's time to die? Now, I've tried down there, and I got cancer, and I got sick. And now I'm trying up here, and I exercise, and I exercise. I move. I just, my biggest one is I walk and I climb stairs. I stretch. I do a few other things. And my body. You garden. My, you garden. Oh, you it walk works. the dog. It does. I do. How does it work? <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, everybody, move. Walk as much as you can. And if you're like me, you probably need something to help you know how much you've moved. I don't know what I would do without my Fitbit. I have an Apple Watch, but it isn't the one that keeps me motivated. It's my Fitbit. It tells me how many steps, how many miles, how many flights of stairs. And I love the flights of stairs because I think that truly I am as lazy as they come, even though I'm very active. And I believe that my stairs are what keep me really strong because I'm lifting my body up 25 flights of stairs every day. So it's my kind of cheat way of doing it. So if you've got a flight of stairs, try and get in those stairs every day. You don't even need to lift weights. You're just lifting your body weight. And it really works. It's brought my um, muscle. I'm up at um, 31% muscle. And actually, I'm at now 26% fat. And I decided that I am happier at 26 than like at 21 or 22. Because I think... I think I, I I don't think I look healthy or well when I'm a little bit too thin. So I'm very happy to have 26% of fat, and but I'm thrilled to have 30 to 31% um, muscle. When I started this, I was only 25%, and now I am always up at 30 to 31%. So move, move, move. And if you can find a way of move cheating, like climbing stairs, do it. <laughs> Absolutely. There you have it. So we have our um, weight manager, or we have our One Team Global on Facebook Live. Go on over if you're interested in building a business. I hope you enjoyed learning about the brain today. And there's more next week. And the question will be, do you want to be like Jim or Frank? Ah. You'll find out. You'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Be well. You too. Bye bye. Bye everybody.